Hello bestie, it's Jean, your bestie on this podcast. Welcome to Cat on Record. Let's grab a good cup of coffee or tea and let's have a heart-to-heart about your mental health. So I'm super excited for today because I want to introduce our bestie for today and that is Keishin. Yes, hello. Uh, yes, hi, I'm Keishin. Uh, I'm currently a year one and I'm studying business and psychology as a double major. In CAP, I'm currently in CAP support and I was previously from CAP Slam Tanglin. Yeah. Yay, CAP support! Yes. We love CAP support. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about something that is personal to you. What does success mean to you? I feel like all of us have different definitions of success, but I think society tends to make us think that success is something that is external or something that comes from maybe money or status or maybe like having a good job. But I think personally from experience also, I realised that when we place our success on something that is external beyond ourselves, be it goals even or like achievements, sometimes we don't tend to achieve it and then we ask ourselves, is it something that I didn't do well? Is it a failure in this case? So I think like from experience also, I come to realise that defining success based on something that is more internal, in my case, I think that would be being resilient. So being able to learn from all the setbacks that has happened and like take away new learnings from it. And I feel like that is something that is like all-encompassing and I think that's how I define success to myself. Yeah. So were there any instances of your life that you encountered a setback and how did you learn from that? I think definitely. The main situation that occurred that made me think very hard about what success Mm. was to me was post-A-levels because post-A-levels, we are all like not sure what we are going to do in our future. But for me, I was quite set on maybe going to the public sector because I was very passionate about community work, about helping people reach a better version of themselves and especially in the youth sector. Yeah, so I was quite set on like going for the PSC scholarship, the Public Service Commission one. Yeah, so when I tried for it, I think everything went well. And I thought that my interview went really well too. But then I didn't get it, obviously. So uh, I think I asked myself a lot of questions, especially because I had other friends who got a scholarship also. I think we all shared similar opinions. Then I was asking myself, is it because society doesn't see positive psychology or like caring for youth as important as maybe finance or like economic development? I think that really made me view that as like a failure in a sense because... I used to think that if I were to get the scholarship, it was like an affirmation of like how my views of the world and like ideas I wanted to propose to society were valued. But then when that happened, it made me question whether or not these views were even important. Did people even take an interest in it at all? But I think something that was good that came out of it was that it made me realise that this definition of what success was, it was just something that people see. People tend to think that that is what you should be doing in society and that's what a success means. Uh. But then I've come to realise that at the end of the day, it was more about fit, actually, that I didn't get it. Mm. Because I think what the scholarship wanted was people who were, were more versatile, so they weren't yeah. just focused on one area. Yeah, and they they were willing to move from like maybe finance, like teaching sector, or like maybe foreign affairs or so. Whereas for me, I was very focused on community work. And I think that a lot of the times, like this also taught me that we tend to think of succeeding or doing our best based on what we know our past experience is. So based on past experience, I guess it just conditioned me to think that if you're in a leadership role, Maybe it means that you have something of value to offer to people. But then we don't really know what's best for us until we experience other things also. So I think like later on, there are more instances that made me realise that actually, I think life is putting me on the best path. So it made me rethink what success meant to me. And I think that was really good. Yeah. And I 100% get, I feel that, you know, some doors in our life close. Mm. Like the scholarship door for you closed. Yeah. But not because you didn't do well or like you're not enough, but rather that was not your door to open. Exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is definitely something that, that a lot of people can relate to. You know, scholarship, that's like the 
pinnacle of I think success in mm. academics because it shows you like, oh my gosh, I am such a high-valued person, right? In, so. in your academic journey. Yeah, mm. definitely. So, because this scholarship door closed on you, right? What are the doors that you open? Mm. Okay, I feel like when we talk about scholarships, like that sounds like a very high up thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I kind of want to just quantify also that I think a lot of times like we think success is like other things also. So maybe like grades, which is like something that's more relatable to us, I guess. But I guess like there are also many other definitions. Lah. So, mm, okay. Uh, so what doors open for me instead, right? Actually, this sounds like a very privileged thing to say again. But I was also trying for other universities like overseas maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because then again, I thought that like, oh, maybe that will be a place for me to explore psychology better because psychology tends to be better elsewhere in a sense. But I'm quite grateful that I actually didn't end up going there. Because if I had went overseas, I wouldn't have come to NUS, I wouldn't have come to CAP. Yeah. And I think that honestly CAP made me realise how friendships and relationships are so important in my life. And I think that if I went elsewhere, I wouldn't have gotten a chance to experience this and realise that connections with people and like talking about things that matter to us, recognising people for who they are, are things that are also part of what success means to me too. And like, I'm just really grateful that life sort of brought me onto this path instead because I've met so many good people mm. in CAP, especially. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and everyone is just so passionate about what they want to do. And I think that that's something very special about CAP and I'm just grateful to have experienced it all. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with you. CAP was... I think I applied to CAP after the deadline. So oh. I think they extended for like another week and I was like, oh, okay, okay, I should just apply. I feel like a lot of my impulse decisions were the best decisions <laughs> I've made, you know, something that's unexpected. Mm. So yeah, I think if not for CAP, I think I would have died in the pandemic. <laughs> like, it's there's true. nobody to talk to, everything is virtual. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of the friendships that I have in CAP are unexpected, but I love it. I love that I can just chill people out right. for supper, we can join IGs and interest groups, you know. And yeah, I, I really I really like CAP too. <laughs> this is not a propaganda for CAP. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but it really is a good place to be in. Yeah, tell me about your CAP lives. What is keeping you going? I think CAP has been very wholesome so far. I think definitely the first thing that's kept me going is all the people I've met, all the friendships, be it the newer ones that I'm making still now, or like the ones that I made from the past, like last semester. Mm. Yeah, it's just very nice to have like a group of people where you can really be who you are with. I think that's not something that is very easy to find nowadays. Like, people you can be around whom you feel very comfortable being who you are authentically. And, like, that has kept me going. Being able to spend time with people and then, like, hear about their stories also and then just go through the good times and the bad times together. Yeah, I think other things that have kept me going is just doing things that I'm passionate about in CAP. I think because when I came to uni, I wanted to focus on projects that are sort of related to maybe what I'm interested in in the future. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to, like, take this chance to, like, explore what we can do because I guess in JC or in secondary school you don't really have the chance to do other things besides CCA which is like sports or like arts that sort of things yeah so I think I'm just really glad that I joined Cap Slam Tanglin and Cap Support because like Cap Slam Tanglin they are very like I mean we focus on youths and imparting social emotional skills in them and I think that was like really meaningful and Cap Support we also like create spaces for conversations on mental health also, similar to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's just been great so far. It definitely relates to your like goal of youth psychology, right? Yeah, That's definitely. something that you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Is there any other goals you achieve, want to achieve out of CAP? Hmm. I think maybe within CAP, I feel like I've joined the committees that I've wanted to join. So if I were to continue again, 
I will just need to see which areas I have yet to continue and like what more I can contribute to CAP also. So like it will definitely be along these lines of positive psychology or like mental wellness. So we'll see how that goes. But I think outside of CAP, in NUS, there are definitely things that I want to try also. So I'm currently in this psychology podcast committee thing too. <gasps> You're so, in another podcast? Yeah, I mean, yes, tell me about it. Okay, sure, y'all can go and take a look at it also. <laughs> um, it's called Inside Out. So we, because a lot of people think that psychology is very clinical, so mm, we talk about yes. uh, mental disorders, illnesses, but I think it's more to psychology than that. We try to talk about things that are more relatable to us. For my podcast, I'm a researcher, so we research on the idea of identity crisis. So like, yeah, you should go and check it out. <laughs> I am typing it in right now. <laughs> inside out, is it? Uh, yeah, inside out. Oh, yeah. I think we're gonna release it after recess week, so we'll see how it goes. Wow, another mm. podcaster. This reminds me of the Disney movie Inside Out. Wait, not Disney. Disney. Oh, is it Pixar? Pixar, probably. It reminds me of the Pixar. I think movie. so. I feel like inside that's out. where they got the fun from, also. Oh, check inside out. They were inside out, the thoughts yeah. in your head. Oh, yeah, they were, they were, okay, right. Okay. Right, right, right. Those little characters in your head. I just realized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, if you are a character, what is the main character from Inside Out that you relate to? Oh, honestly, I think I relate a lot to Joy. Like the, you look like Joy. I look like Joy, no. Okay, <laughs> but to be fair, I feel like the main message of that show, right, was to tell you that sadness is very important in your life or so. Mm. Don't you feel? Mm. Yeah, and then I think like Joy was just someone who like was very positive. So she's just like very bright. She didn't like to see people being sad. Yeah. My friends also, they would see me as someone who's very positive. And there was a period of time when people thought that I was so positive that I didn't allow negativity into my life. And oh. that was like quite a detrimental thing to me because they thought that they couldn't confide in me about things that were more negative. They thought that they couldn't complain to me, they couldn't be frustrated to me. And I think that was what caused me to be a bit distant from my friends in secondary school. Mm. Yeah, but it's okay, all's good. I think I found that balance. So being positive doesn't mean that whatever happens, life will be good all the time. It's more of like knowing that life may not be good all the time, but you'll be okay in any situation. Mm. Yeah, so honestly, sadness and negative emotions are just as valuable as good emotions. It's like the quote, you know, if you can't see the dark, you won't know how the light is like. Deep, yeah. inspirational. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I relate to that because I used to think that I have to pull out this strong front. You know, I want to mm. look like I have everything together. I got my shit together. For a long period of time, I thought that I was not allowed to be vulnerable. Mm. It's a more of a me thing, you know. I wanted to show my best side to people. But then I also face the same thing as you. Like people think that they cannot confide in me because I don't have that struggles. But it's just that sis is just going through this on the inside. Right, exactly. Yeah. So sadness is definitely important. And now when I have a mental breakdown, I just film myself. I put mm. the phone down and I film myself. And then after that, I go and review the footage. I was like, oh, this is how I felt that day. And I reflect on it. Was this day a good day? How can I you know, motivate myself to feel better? You know, what's the steps that you take after that? You know, there's a lot of reflection. Now you're sad, then how can you be less sad? You know, mm-hmm. so on uh, topic of reflection. I know that you are quite a reflective person. That was something that stood out to me, oh, right? Yeah. How do you go about thinking about your feelings and reflecting? Okay, I think firstly, like, it's normal to want to showcase your best self to other people. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like we're quite similar in that sense. And I think all of us do. Like, we want to leave a good impact in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a natural part of it. So it's okay to do that also. Maybe about being vulnerable. I think sometimes there's a difference between being vulnerable so that you can connect with people versus telling them everything. 
So I guess one thing about vulnerability is that you share about the deeper personal troubles that you have with people that you trust. And I think like that's how it builds friendships. So it's not just like you're like an open book to everyone sort of thing. Yeah. I think feelings, we tend to think that they are scary things. When we feel a bad emotion, we are not sure what they're going to do to us. So we either run away from it, which means we avoid it, or we try to face it and fight it, right? But I think what we can do is that firstly, we can just sit with it and let it mm. come to us. Yeah, and then you realise that actually emotions aren't that scary. Like they're just, yeah. they're, they're only scary if you act on them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, my friends know me for this. Uh-huh. If I'm feeling like down, I'll just play the Adele, <laughs> Adele music. <laughs> Adele music is, is so soulful, you know. Adele like music. If you hear Adele music blasting in my room, this is just in her feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think definitely sitting on it, just letting your emotions run like a faucet, just experience everything and try to reflect is this healthy and what are the mm. steps that we should take I should take you know mm. and how do I deal with this emotion that's mm. right that's right yeah I, I, mean, I love the music thing <laughs> yeah that's me also I'll be like oh change my playlist <laughs> yeah where is my sad song playlist <laughs> yeah I guess after you recognise your emotions it's important to not judge yourself for them sometimes we feel bad for feeling bad mm. right but then that shouldn't be the way I think it's important to explore our feelings with curiosity rather than judgment. So, Ooh. yeah, and I think like, it helps with reframing your perspective towards negative emotions. How can I stay curious? Maybe because the way that I see setbacks or like disappointments now is to see it as like a foundation to a character of myself that I'm building up. So I sort of see these like setbacks as like building blocks. And I think many times it has happened where I have a setback, I get sad, and then I learn from it. And then my friend comes to me and tells me that, hey, you know I experienced this. Then I'm like, wait, I just experienced that and like I just learned from it. Mm. So I tell this to myself every time, but like I guess I'm willing to go through like these setbacks so that I can sort of like learn from experience and help people with that. So I think like because I've recognized this pattern or like perspective of mine, it helps me to be curious about my emotions and find out like why am I feeling this way so that I can understand like the root causes behind certain things or like what is triggering that. Applying psychology to yourself. A bit, a bit. Right, it you is, learn how to that you apply it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of positive psychology actually. Yeah, when I talk about like being curious about your emotions and identifying like maybe triggers, psychology talks about this thing called deeply seated beliefs. Deeply seated beliefs. Yeah. Okay, this I get a little bit technical. Nah, don't worry. Yeah. Okay, I'll slowly explain. There's this model called the ABC model. Okay. Yeah. A stands for actions, then B stands for beliefs, mm-hmm. and C stands for consequences. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, we tend to jump from action to consequence. Ah. Yeah, so we think that like, okay, this situation happened to me. Like maybe, let's say, my friend ignored me, and then I immediately jump to the conclusion that my friend doesn't like me. Yeah. But then we forget that what is mediating like the action and the consequence is your beliefs. Maybe if you like, ask yourself, what am I believing? Like, what's my trigger also? then maybe your beliefs could be that you need to be accepted by people. Then you can see like, oh, okay, so maybe I went from this action to this consequence because I feel like a need to be accepted and liked by my friends. And once my friend does something that shows that she might not like me, I tend to immediately think that she doesn't like me. Ooh. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty interesting way that's helped me to like identify what I'm feeling. What is one yeah. thing that you ask yourself? Because mm-hmm. jumping from action to consequence... It's very easy, but mm. how do you tell yourself, like, oh, stop? Okay, honestly, I think, I don't immediately think to myself, why am I feeling this way? I just go and reflect in my notes. Like, I would like, just write it out and be like, oh, I'm so sad this thing happened. And then after that, I'll be like, okay, wait, so why did this happen? And like, why did I feel that way? Then I went to read. 
Yeah, mm. and then after that, I just realized like, oh, okay, maybe it's because of this. Yeah, I think it's like a slow process. Like, it's not something that you can get immediately once you try. So it's more of a practice, and mm. I think you'll get there. Do you do mm. journaling? Mm. What is your way of reflection? <laughs> I do it by the very non-aesthetic manner, <laughs> functional <laughs> manner. I just write it on my computer notes. Oh, yeah, just, just pull out a notepad. Yeah, just... pull out a notepad. Just... <laughs> then once you're done with your fuse, you delete the notepad, is it? Oh, no, then I just keep you it there. It. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, because, I don't know, I think it's quite nice to like read back what you went through. Mm. Yeah, so sometimes I can just like command F the word also. <laughs> Example. <laughs> depression. Command <laughs> no. F, depression. No, no, my God. Command F, success. Ah, <laughs> like, okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, that's for me. But I think different people have different ways of reflecting. So I remember like, we had this cap support session and my family group was talking about what are ways in which we self-care. Mm. And I think one of my friends shared that she would try to like take a picture of the events that has happened and then she would like compile it into like a collage for the week itself. Yeah. Mm. So it's like a snapshot of her life kind of thing. So it's like, I guess for people who are busier, if you have no time to like type out everything, you can just picture, 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 then a picture tells a thousand words. So yes. Yeah. What's your method of reflecting? My reflection method, mm-hmm. let's see. The blogging and anything yeah, else? Yeah, I definitely... <laughs> Uh, when I'm in my fields, I'll just take out the camera and I'll vlog. Then after that, I'll post it on Instagram or YouTube, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Don't know, YouTube channel. I'll see how first. Another way is also journaling. This was something that I learned if in my happiness. Pursue happiness, Pursue JS. Pursue no happiness, JS. I wanted to take the JS, but oh, I like my JS I now. I love <laughs> Prof. It was a... Prof Siok. Tam- Prof Siok, right? Prof Siok. Yeah. Prof Siok, if you're hearing this... I absolutely <laughs> love you for <laughs> for teaching us journaling. Oh, there was an oh. assignment, uh. reflective assignment, but she said a picture tells a thousand words. Oh. So because reflection assignment had to be thousand words, right? So <laughs> just use <laughs> pictures and pictures. So it's like I think four pictures, yeah, to describe why it's making you happy. Oh. Yeah. I think I learned a lot from this uh, Pursuit of Happiness module mm. because it made me realize that, oh, these coping mechanisms I have in place, like vlogging my feelings, journaling, you know, these are healthy mm. mechanisms to reflect. And also the occasional, like, close my door, play Taylor Swift and Adele mm. kind of vibes. Yeah, yes, that yes. Also, that's also my ways of reflection. Um, these are the feelings I'm feeling. I acknowledge it and... You know, what can I do from now on? Yeah, it's taking a third-party perspective on my life. It's like a bird's-eye view, mm. you know? You see yourself from bird's-eye view. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I wanted to talk about the bird's-eye view thing also. I agree with that entirely. Like, yeah, actually the same person, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think bigger picture is something that I really find so important to me. Because sometimes we tend to see life just as how it is. But then we forget that like maybe there's a bigger reason to things. If you take a step back and you see the situation as a whole then you might see how the situation is a small part of a natural journey of your own. Mm. Okay, I want to dive in a little bit about motivation. Mm. I find that you're a very reflective person. You're trying to get to know yourself and there are setbacks in your life and mine as well. So how do you deal with not being able to meet the expectations of yourself or other people? I think like when we talk about expectations, it sort of goes back to how you see yourself and what you find meaning and purpose in doing. Because I feel that a lot of expectations, for myself at least, they sometimes come from my parents, and they tend to expect things that are more practical, Mm. which I don't blame them for because 
I guess different generations and different people <laughs> we look for different things yes. like, I feel like maybe they will look for material items maybe like if you have more money you can care for the family stuff like that for, but for us I feel like we tend to chase experiences like good experiences with people so like money or maybe status or whatever it is it's a means to getting the experience so I think like it helps a lot for me to recognise what's meaningful for me and what costs to me because sometimes what society expects us to be gets in the way and it's not just in terms of maybe if you're doing a particular course, you are better than others. It could yeah. also be you are doing this course now, you should be a particular type. But then what if you're not? I guess maybe for me, because I'm a business student also, immediately people would think, oh, business students, we expect you to be very outspoken, we expect you to know how to catch a sale. Sometimes you can be a bit crafty maybe. Mm. But I think I know that I'm not that. So I think it's about recognising like what's meaningful to you also. I know that I joined business because I was interested in the human capital management specialization because I really care about having people reach their full potential. So it's a different path. And I think once you recognize that you are able to distinguish what is really meaningful to you as compared to what people expect from you. Of course, there must be a balance uh, because people tell things to you and give you feedback because it's for your good also. So you need to identify what's constructive and what's not. Mm. So then you know whether or not like maybe you should consider their expectations or not. I think earlier I also mentioned that we only know what's best for us based on what's, what our past experiences have shown us at least. Like, at least that's what I read from this really good author called Brianna West. Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of the times our expectations may change and they're quite malleable. Yes. Yeah, so I'm still trying to figure that out but I think it's been okay so far. <laughs> I like that you talk about balance between expectations of others versus what do we actually want. Mm. I feel that a lot of people get swayed by the opinions of others, you know, I should act in this way. Let's take like business, for example. You know, you say that, oh, need to be outspoken, need to know my way with words. Mm -hmm. But actually what matters most is how you present yourself, how you package yourself. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah, I think calling is something that I'm still trying to figure out as well. Maybe I can just chime in with a quote now that I thought of it. Yes, yeah. hit me with the inspirational um, quote. Yeah, I think like one of my friends from Cap gave me this quote once. It says, set your course by the stars, not by the light of every passing ship. Okay, as in how I interpret it is that when we decide what we want to do, go based on what's meaningful to you, not what others are chasing or what others find meaningful for themselves. Because we all have different beliefs. Yeah, that's right. So your belief might not be theirs. Right. Mm, that's right, that's right. And it's not to say that their beliefs are not better than yours. It's just different. Different folks, different strokes. Mm, if I can put it that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, knowing what is good for yourself, that is most important. And your journey is unique to you. So if you face setbacks, it's okay. Because this is your journey. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be like, after year one, I need to get an internship. I need to do this job. Mm. You know, life is quite unexpected. Yeah, I would it say. is. Okay, so now is a fun section that we didn't prepare you for, but it's going to be fun. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to have you pick a number from 1 to 10. And this is a surprise question. Basically, is we are playing We Are Not Strangers. Oh, yes, you know the game? Yeah, I do, I do. Yes. Let's end off with one good question. So I'm going to get you to pick a number from 1 to 10. What is your lucky number today? My favourite number is 2. My favourite number is 2. Okay, so your question is... What lesson took you the longest to unlearn? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that one thing I need to learn definitely was to have a strong sense of self. 
But so I think in that respect, what I had to unlearn was maybe relying on or at least seeking acceptance or affirmation from other people excessively. Oh, yeah. excessively. Excessively because everyone needs a group of people who really accept them for who they are in order to grow and like know that they are accepted, you know. Because we all crave belonging and I think that's a human nature also. Mm, but I guess a strong sense of self was something that I learned recently because um, I tend to see a lot of good in other people but I forget to see the good in myself as well. Yeah. Oh. So I guess, yeah, like recognizing the qualities that I stand for, I think it helps me a lot in a lot of decision making also. Like the friends that you want to make, the people that you want to get to know, how you view yourself and your performance on a test. I feel like it all stems from having a strong sense of self. Knowing that you are able to do your best, you are able to be in control, or at least like you can manage what you go through. And I think that matters a lot in how you deal with like situations that are not the most ideal sometimes or so. Yeah, seeing validation from other people as well as knowing that they are good people is great, but also seeing validation from yourself, mm. right? right? Knowing that, hey, I'm, I'm a good person, I, I'm worth, it's, just, it's the most important thing. Mm, definitely. Mm. Yeah. How about yourself? <laughs> hmm. Lesson that I took the longest to unlearn. Okay, I think this is not... Perhaps not something that I had to unlearn, but I had to relearn. Mm. Yeah. So for me, I feel that I cared a lot about what other people thought of me. How did they judge me? And this carried to simple things like me not wanting to eat alone. Mm. You know, in the dining hall. Right? I really, I really. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to eat alone anywhere because I think that like people will look, think that I'm alone. Like, I'm alone. I'm such an alone. But I realised that actually... People don't care as much as you think mm. they do, you know. You know when you go to the gym, right, the only person that you're actually looking at in the mirror is yourself, right? That's true. <laughs> then I realised that, oh, actually, I'm the only person that cares most about myself. This is something that I, I had to learn. I always wanted to enjoy my own presence, you know, be mm. alone. I want to be alone but not by myself. You know, I love my friends but I also want some me time. So, I think I'm going great so far. Yesterday, I went on a solo date to the beach. So, that's fun. Mm. Yeah. So, for anybody that like wants to eat alone at a dining hall, just do it. Mm. Mm. I, actually, we don't care. Like, I'm just <laughs> tired and wanting to eat. So, I, nobody cares as much as you think they do. So, take yourself out on a solo date. Go eat breakfast at DH at least once by yourself. And if you want, what I like is I usually bring a book. Oh. Yeah, that, that I want to be inspired by for that day. You can start by like um, looking at your phone as you eat your breakfast, you know, something that keeps your mind off like, oh my god, is people looking at me? Like, do I look like a loner? Like, <laughs> things like that. So that's something that I had to learn, which is, yes, people judge, but not as much as you think they do. Mm. Yeah. Georgina, I really agree with what you said. <laughs> like the, one, the part about having alone time, I feel like that is something that I'm slowly trying to realise and I've realised that it's so important to me. I think because I also previously didn't know what self-care meant to me. Mm. Yeah, it was literally like my only alone time was when I was studying. Ah. Yeah, because I guess I just really like my friends a lot so I'm a very social person. But I've come to realise how much I also love alone time. It's not just time to study, it's like being able to listen to my music, reflect on my own, good solid two hours without people bothering me. Yeah, I'm really happy that you also recognise that. And like, your solo date on the beach, I'm really like, I'm really happy with that. Yeah. 
Yes. Vlog coming out soon. Don't worry, guys. Enjoy <laughs> <laughs> your handle. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for today. Is there anything you would like to end off with? Maybe I'll just say that I think all of us have our ups and our downs and I hope you don't see like failures or like negative emotions as something unwanted. I just hope we recognize all emotions as equal and equally important and know that they're just like a natural part of our life journey. So if you're feeling down now or hurt or disappointed, it's okay. It's part of the process and I'm sure that you'll be able to take a lot of learnings from this and inspire people around you too. So Bestie, remember that you are not alone and you're doing well despite your failures and remember to celebrate life. Life is so exciting. And that is all from now from the Youth Are Not Alone team. See you. Bye.